With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen. Human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Quick pass to Crowder trying to get him out of the space. Slips a tackle, and there he goes. Crowder, it's a foot race, and Crowder is in there. A 69-yard touchdown. Takes a shot. Here's Kelly Davis wide open. Davis still going, and he's in for the touchdown. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. And it's the Q-inator. Oh, my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the playlikeajet.com digital studios. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And it is time to talk about day number two of the NFL draft. A day that was a lot less eventful for the New York Jets than we thought it would be initially because on day number one, they traded up from 23 to 14 to get Elijah Vera Tucker. And in doing so, they gave up their two third round picks that they would have used tonight. Instead, they gained an extra fourth rounder that they will use tomorrow. And now today, all they had was the number 34 pick, the second pick in that day. So we'll talk about that in a second with the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at JetsInsider.com. And above all that, a very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbley. Chris, what's going on, buddy? Not too much. Just, uh, you know, trying to keep myself awake after that long drought between that second pick and the end of the this draft tonight. A very big deal needs his proper rest in between draft picks. So I totally understand how that would happen. You get a little bit drowsy. But now you're fully awake and you're ready to go, as is our other guest joining us again, as he did yesterday, draft analyst for playlikeajet.com and co-host of Play Like a Jet Live on our YouTube channel and with you Stadium every single Wednesday at 7 p.m., Mr. Clayton Smarslock. Clayton, welcome back, buddy. Hey, thanks for having me. So let's dive right into it. The first pick in the second round was made by the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I actually like this pick. It was Tyson Campbell. We'll come back to this a little bit later because we'll go through all the picks after we get to what the Jets did. But I like Tyson Campbell a lot. I said yesterday that I thought the Packers who picked Eric Stokes, the cornerback out of Georgia, at number 29, picked the wrong Georgia cornerback. The right one would have been Campbell. And so for as much as I didn't understand what the Jaguars were doing yesterday, I did like that they picked Campbell today. But then the Jets were up at number 34. And from what I understand, and Chris, I'll let you talk about this in a second, the Jets had a handful of guys that they had first-round grades on, guys that they would have strongly considered if they'd have stayed at 23. The phone rang, as we know, Ian Rappaport reported that. However, the offers really weren't that great. 
You saw what a couple of these teams got. The Broncos traded up with the Atlanta Falcons in order to get Javante Williams. In doing so, they gave up a mid-fourth round pick. That's about what the Jets were looking at to make a trade back. They felt like giving up one of the players they really wanted that they had a first-round grade on for a mid-fourth round pick wasn't worth it. And I tend to agree. If there's a player you feel that strongly about that you would have picked him in 23 and he's there at 34, no use in trading back. So instead, the Jets went out and they got a dynamic weapon for their new quarterback, Zach Wilson. Elijah Moore, the wide receiver out of Ole Miss. Clay, you've been talking about him for a long time. He was one of your favorites. You brought him up with Luke a ton on Play Like a Jet Live. And really what Elijah Moore is, is the type of offensive playmaker that the Jets haven't had in a long time. He's a smaller guy, but he's fast, he's shifty, and boy can he make plays, especially once he's got the ball in his hands. He was amped to be picked by the Jets, by the way, and I don't know if you saw the video, but the Jets were so happy to get him. Joe Douglas called him and broke the news, and then Robert Sala got on the phone, and if you haven't seen this yet, this is why people really like Robert Sala. He got on the phone, and he said, hey, Elijah, let's go, let's go, and he was like all pumped up in the draft room. He told them that they were afraid they lost him when they traded up from 23 to 14, and they were so thrilled to get him at 34. And Chris, you and I pretty much heard the same thing. And this is what they said at the press conference tonight, too. Had they stayed at 23 and not traded up for Vera Tucker, he was probably going to be the pick. So for them to get the guy that they had targeted at 23 and the guy that they traded up for, they have to be very happy about that. Now they're loading up around Zach Wilson. They got him some protection and a playmaker. The one thing that I did think about right after this, and Clay, you and I were going back and forth on text, I think this could be the end for Jamison Crowder. Joe Douglas had a quote in the presser saying something along the lines of, I didn't bring him in here to replace Jamison. He's going to be competition, and we're adding as many playmakers as we can. Reading between the lines and knowing what that means often when a decision maker says something like that, I wouldn't be surprised in the least if Crowder ends up not being on the team by opening day. I hope he is. But I could see a scenario where since he's making $10 million, if they feel like more can take his place and do it at a fraction of the price and then they can pocket that money and use it elsewhere or roll it over for next season, that might be what they do. But for now, they got themselves a dynamic weapon that they very badly needed. They've been lacking for a long time and it's going to make Zach Wilson's life a lot easier not only do I think Elijah Moore is an excellent football player, by the way, sounds like a first-class human being, too. Goes along with what Robert Sala and Joe Douglas are looking to build here with culture. So if you're a Jets fan, you have to be pleased about this. Chris, you've been screaming for offense, offense, and more offense. So far, that's what they've given you. Yeah, they're finally listening to me. The team I'm covering is finally taking my advice. Um, but so... This is basically how it went because I was talking to people during the day today trying to figure out who they're eyeing. And I was told, you know, when they made the trade up, they, they, they're the person that they were thinking at trying to take a 23, they figured would be gone. And Joe Douglas was immediately starting to think about how can I try and get, you know, one of these picks back or recoup some picks. But then the draft ended and I was told there's a couple guys that he was enamored with, but there was there was one specific guy. I was trying to get to who it was, and I was I was pushing my uh, Jeremiah Osu Koromoa angle, so I, I was trying to get there. And they, I think they were playing around with me a little bit. I couldn't get the name out of him at the time, but as soon as the pick came in, it was clear that that was the guy. And that video you talked about uh, said it all. Uh, Joe Douglas said that you know. They got three guys on in their top 25 players. And normally I don't believe that whenever anybody, uh, GM say that, uh, you know, every year Dallas got the top guy on the board, on their board. Every single year they, they get it. It's, it's a miracle. Um, but <laughs> to, to have those three guys rated in your top 25, I think if you go around and, uh, you know, at Arif Hassan's consensus big board, you're probably going to find those three guys right around the top 25. So I do believe that. <laughs> and I, I'm just telling you right now, I'm not normally during a uh, draft, you know, we go to the facilities and the, watching the media room COVID. We're not doing that, but 
the excitement in that building right now <laughs> has not been felt at this level since like Rex Ryan t- days. Uh, just everybody is buzzing and bouncing right now. They have, are just injected with this energy. Um, a lot of that is just Robert Sala. You could uh, the excitement Robert Sala had on that video talking to a, a, a five nine wide receiver, and you could hear uh, Elijah Moore's excitement to be here, and not he was he's as excited to come play for Robert Sala a defensive coach as anything else. He he's hyped about it. Um, and the Joe Douglas, the new draft picks, Zach Wilson here. Uh, this, the energy in this building is, is going to be infectious. And uh, it's, it has not been like that, obviously for the decade, it's just been kind of beaten down. Even when you got little injections of hope, it wasn't anything quite like this. So right now they are excited. They are extremely thrilled with this draft. And I think fans should be too. These first three picks combined with what they've done in free agency, this offense is light years ahead of where they were last year. And I tweeted this earlier. I don't know how good they're going to be next year, but they're going to be a whole lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you said it like I, Elijah Moore is one of my favorites. I've spoken about him a lot. I'm playing like a jet live with Luke and I'm just, I'm so happy with it. Like going into that, going into today, like I just, I had no idea what their plan was. Like I expected them to trade back, try to recoup at least one of the third round picks that they uh, gave up for Vera Tucker uh, because there were so many good names. Like there was at least seven offensive linemen that I was okay with. There was Elijah Moore, there was Javonta Williams. Uh, there was a couple defensive players too that I would have been more than okay trading back to like the, like the mid forties and try to get a third round pick back. But uh, they were comfortable staying at 34, um, not getting an extra pick in the third round and just taking Elijah Moore. He comes in, like you said, me and you spoke about the whole Jameson Crowder thing. I don't think it means the end of Crowder. I, I, I do think it'll be like a competition. Yeah. Crowder would obviously take some snaps away from Moore. That's just, of course he is because he's a good player. And I think that's why they should keep him um, unless they want to use that money to go after a Sherman or, or hopefully a Stephen Nelson. Um, and maybe maybe Nelson and Brian Poole, get them both back or get, uh, get Nelson and bring Poole back. Like, that would be ideal too. But sticking with Moore, I love the pick. Uh, he's going to be so dynamic. He's a great route runner. Uh, I, I, I use the word mesmerizing in the piece I put out today. Uh, he brings home run ability. Uh, like his speed is top notch. He runs off sub four four forty. Uh, yeah, I was at a pro day, but I'm still going to take it. He, I think he ran like a four three two, maybe a four three four. They just and they just haven't had that. Like yeah, Mims is fast. Don't get me wrong, he's fast, but like he's also always going to stay on the outside. They don't have that speed on the inside or the the yards after catch ability um, like Moore has. Like Crowder's nifty. He can kind of do things here and there. Well, he's never going to have that breakaway speed, like where like he can just get to the end zone any given play, and that's all. More like Moore did that at Ole Miss constantly. Uh, I, I'm ecstatic with this pick. I love how we're actually building the offense. Chris hit it. Like this offense is completely different from last year. Like going into last year, going into that draft, like our top two receivers were Brashad Perriman, <laughs> Jameson Crowder, <laughs> and then Chris Hogan. I, I, I <laughs> I, I don't even know who the third one was. It wasn't Hogan. He wasn't on, on the team at that point. <laughs> yeah, like signed until that. right before training camp. Yeah, exactly. Like I don't. I couldn't even tell you Vincent Smith. Like, yeah. I have mm-hmm. no idea. So, but like now we have Corey Davis. We have Denzel Mims. We have Kalen Cole. We have obviously Jameson Crowder. Uh, and now we add in Elijah uh, Elijah Moore. So like the depth is there. As at this moment, I love it just keep building this offense and and I'm sure we'll get into round four in a little bit, but I want to keep adding to it if we can. I love this comment by somebody on Twitter who calls himself Geeselin. He wrote Elijah Moore 
is like when you hold down the turbo button, except it never runs out, which is pretty much true when you watch him play. I thought that was the perfect way to describe what Elijah Moore brings to the table. PFF had this stat too, by the way. Elijah Moore caught 97% of catchable targets beyond the line of scrimmage in 2020. That was number one in all of college football. So he's got really good hands too. The only real knock on him, of course, is going to be his size because he's only 5'9", but he is that explosive playmaker that they haven't had in a really, really long time, and we are going to have a lot of fun watching him. As I said before, Clay, we'll see. I'm not convinced that Crowder is here to start the season. I hope he is. As everyone knows that listens to this show, I'm a big Jamison Crowder fan, so I hope they don't do anything there, but... Because he makes $10 million and they did just invest the 34th pick in somebody that can do a lot of what Crowder does, I wouldn't be 100% surprised if Crowder is gone, perhaps to make room for somebody like Steven Nelson. I want to go through the rest of this draft before we get to who's going to be available for the Jets on day number three. So we'll go through this and we'll give our observations. As I said, Tyson Campbell at 33 for the Jaguars. I really like that one. The Jets took Elijah Moore at 34. The Broncos trade up to number 35 and got Javante Williams, a running back from North Carolina. He was clearly the best running back left on the board and the only one that I thought was worth a second round pick. So good job there by Denver. The Dolphins get Javon Holland, the safety from Oregon. Landon Dickerson, the center from Alabama, goes to the Eagles. As we know, Luke Grant loves Landon Dickerson. I think he's a fantastic player. Probably would have gone in round one if he didn't have medical issues with two torn ACLs. But you could make the case that he was the best pure interior <laughs> lineman in the draft, not counting Elijah Vera Tucker, who did play tackle. Christian Barmore goes to the Patriots, who trade up. He was really the only borderline first round interior defender in this draft there just was not a lot of that this was a terrible defensive tackle class so it's a good thing that the Jets didn't need one of those Tevin Jenkins who Clay you and I talked about yesterday we wanted the Jets to get him at 34 and heard there were some issues some teams think that he's more of a guard than a tackle at the NFL level so maybe that's why he slipped a little bit but the Bears get him I love that for them because now he can help protect Justin Fields at number 40, Atlanta Falcons get Richie Grant, the safety from UCF. The Lions get Levi on Wuzuriki. I hope I pronounced that right, the defensive tackle from Washington. Liam Eichenberg, the offensive tackle from Notre Dame, goes to the Dolphins at number 42. So he'll help try and protect Tua Tagovailoa. Trevin Morig, who I thought could go to the Raiders in the first round, Ends up going to them in the second round after the Raiders trade up to 43. Dynamic safety from TCU. Kelvin Joseph, a name I'd heard connected to the Jets. Apparently they liked him, but he goes in the second round. Number 44 overall, the cornerback from Kentucky. To the Cowboys, the Jacksonville Jaguars with one of the picks they got for Yannick Ngakwe at number 45. Take Walker Little, the offensive tackle from Stanford. Some injury issues there, but definitely talent. The Cincinnati Bengals with the pick that they got to trade back with the New England Patriots took Jackson Carmen, the offensive tackle from Clemson, who helped protect Trevor Lawrence. A lot of people think he's going to play guard at the next level. The Chargers, I love this pick at number 47. Asante Samuel Jr., he is going to be fantastic in that Brandon Staley defense. Can't wait to watch that. Aaron Banks, the guard from Notre Dame, he goes to the San Francisco 49ers. The Cardinals get a dynamic weapon for Kyler Murray at number 49 in Rondale Moore, the wide receiver from Purdue. The two knocks on him, only about 5'6", and also a lot of injuries, but a nice complement to what they did yesterday where they went defense and took Zayvon Collins. They go offense on day number two. Aziz Ojolari from Georgia, the edge rusher, goes to the Giants after they had traded back. I got to tell you, I hate that I like this pick. But I do. I think at number 50, it's great value. I think Ojolari can be a really good player, and I wish he had gone somewhere other than the Giants. Sam Cosme, who I love from Texas, a little biased because I'm a Texas fan. Washington gets him, so he'll help bolster that offensive line. And he adds to that unit that the best offensive line coach in the league has. That, of course, is John Matsko, my friend Larry's uncle. I'm not biased at all, by the way. After that, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, who may have been the steal of day two. Everybody thought he could go mid-first round. The linebacker from Notre Dame, he goes at 52 to the Browns. So the Browns get Newsom. 
and Owusu Koromoa. That is a hell of a haul for them. Dylan Raddins, who I love from North Dakota State, he can play all five positions on the offensive line. He goes to the Titans. Indianapolis gets Deo Adeo Bingo. I think that's how you pronounce it. The defensive end from Vanderbilt. Pat Fryermuth, who is the second best tight end in this draft. And boy, what a gap. You go from number four, Kyle Pitts, all the way to 55 with Pat Fryermuth, the tight end for Penn State. He goes to the Steelers, so he stays in the state of Pennsylvania. Dwayne Eskridge, wide receiver from Western Michigan, Goes 56 to the Seahawks. I like him, but he is a Mike McCagnin special, already 24 years old. 2-2 Atwell, wide receiver from Louisville, goes to the Rams. Apparently, Sean McVay loves him, thinks he could be a really nice gadget weapon. Only about 150 pounds, but he's somebody, if you use him properly, you could get some real mileage out of him, kind of like Jakeem Grant in Miami. Nick Bolton, the linebacker from Missouri, goes to the Chiefs. Boy, do I love that pick. They didn't have a first-round pick, but as Daniel Jeremiah said, they still got a first-round talent. The rich get richer. They were able to get Orlando Brown in a trade to bolster the offensive line, and then they get Bolton here to bolster the defense. I think he was one of the best inside linebackers in the draft. Terrace Marshall Jr., the wide receiver from LSU, he'll help Sam Darnold immensely. He goes to the Panthers at 59. That's a steal. A lot like what happened last year with the Jets getting Denzel Mims in the exact same position when some people thought Marshall could go in the first round the same way that they thought that Denzel Mims could go in the first round. Pete Werner, who you heard Brett Coleman talk about on the show the other day. Brett really loves him. Inside linebacker from Ohio State. He goes at number 60 to the Saints. Carlos Basham Jr., who had a great athletic profile, but he was sort of a divisive prospect. He goes at number 61 to the Buffalo Bills, the edge rusher out of Wake Forest. The Packers finally get some offense, but it's not a skill position player. It's Josh Myers, the center out of Ohio State. Solid pick there. Creed Humphrey, a guy that a lot of Jets fans loved. I think this is a great value pick. He goes to the Chiefs, so not only do they get Orlando Brown, not only do they bolster their defense with Nick Bolton, but they also get themselves Creed Humphrey, who can help their offensive line immensely too. So boy, Patrick Mahomes is getting reinforcements. And then the final pick of that round, Clay, you have a vested interest in this one. Kyle Trask, the quarterback out of Florida. I did think it was funny that they were comparing him to Nick Foles. It's a strange use of a second-round pick on somebody that you think could be Nick Foles, but I suppose when you're talking quarterbacks, the value gets inflated because even a decent backup, you're going to have to use a second- or third-round pick on him. So there you go. There's the second round. Chris, what stood out to you positively and negatively? Well, we could start with the uh, the obvious, the the big winner for me, and that that's the Cleveland Browns getting Jeremiah Wosu Koromoa. Uh, for him to fall, I know he fell because of that tweener thing, but we got to stop doing this with certain players in the NFL. You you watch the tape of Jeremiah Wosu, he can play. Uh, I I don't care if he's a tweener, he can play. You you can figure it out there. That that's not a problem. Uh, I love Javonta Williams, of course, as a running back. That was great. Uh, there's, uh, you know, Tevin Jenkins. He slipped uh, much farther than we thought. Some uh, some stuff going on medically there that teams weren't too fond of. Um, Moreg was, was a really nice pick that late. Um, and Asante Samuel Jr., That that is somebody that I, I thought could should have gone higher. You know, he's probably – because he's a slot. That's why he fell. Uh, and then for good for Sam Darnold, he's going to get Terrence Marshall Jr. He's going to get a little more help with uh, DJ Moore and uh, Robbie Anderson, you know, Christian McCaffrey. They they got some weapons for him now. Uh, they, they need to do a little bit more on the offensive line, but he's going to get some help. And then, of course, just the Chiefs getting Creed Humphrey. The, the way they have been able to completely rework that offensive line in this one offseason, they watched Mahomes get beat up all Super Bowl and said, never again. This is never happening again. We're reworking this entire offensive line, and they got it done. Yeah, I mean, the first one that stands out is Tevin Jenkins going to the Bears. Uh, they, they traded up to get Justin Fields yesterday, and they traded up to get Tevin Jenkins today. Like, and I love it for them. Uh, you have to make sure that your asset is protected. The Bears, they don't have a very good offensive line. And Jenkins was seen by a lot of people as the third best offensive tackle in this class. And he fell here due to his length. Uh, he has a little bit of shorter arms. 
and apparently there was a hip issue and some other some other stuff. That's why he fell all the way to 39. But that's great value. I think the Bears are doing a good job. It seems like a new front office when they're on when they're actually on the hot seat. Um, but I mean, hey, maybe they're better with their backs against the wall. So good for them. Like I said yesterday, the, the NFL is better when the Bears are good. So I, I like that pick. Uh, I actually like the Liam Eichenberg pick for Miami. Yeah. Um, once they traded uh, Eric Flowers to Washington, that kind of solidified that they think that Robert Hunt is more of a guard. So they're going to kick him inside, and then Eichenberg. Uh, I, I could see him at left tackle, but they'll probably put him at right tackle and keep Austin Jackson on the left. So I do like that for Miami, unfortunately, which means I hate it. Um, <laughs> one thing, one pick of that I really didn't like was Walker Little. Um, I didn't like his tape at all when going into the 2019 year because the last time he played was in 2018. Um, I didn't like his tape and the fact that he was able to get picked this high uh, without having played a single game in over two years is kind of crazy. Um, not gonna lie. So I, I I wish they did something better for Trevor Lawrence, but I mean, I guess people like his potential. Uh, so I'm not going to bash it too crazy, but that was definitely one that I disliked the most. Uh, I love the Asante Samuel Jr. pick for uh, L.A. I said it in our little group chat, Scott. I love it for Staley. Like Staley gets his, mm-hmm. his alpha corner. Yeah, he's a little smaller. He's not the same profile as Jalen Ramsey. But, hey, I mean, he's a son of a, an amazing cornerback. He knows what it takes to succeed in this league. And with Staley as his coach, um, I believe he's calling the plays. I, I think he's going to do a hell of a job there. And I'm, I'm excited to see how he does in L.A. Uh, yeah, like the Ojolari pick, things like they, they took my guy, Tony in the first round and then Ojolari, who was what, like, he was one of my favorites. They take uh, the Giants, take him in the second round. So I want to bash the Giants, but they're making it hard. Uh, I thought it was a good pick. It was good value. I know there's a uh, degenerative, de- degenerative knee issue, uh, that made him fall this far. But uh, I think this was a good risk for them to take. Um, good job by Gettleman. Another team that looks like they have a new, a brand new front office. Yeah, the Oshukaromo. I'm not going to go into it too hard, but yeah, that's a great pick for them. They need the speed. Uh, whether he's a linebacker or safety, well, I think they announced him as a linebacker, so he'll probably play there. But you need that speed. I mean, you're going against Lamar Jackson. He's a guy that can play in spy and kind of hunt him down a little bit because you know Lamar is going to try to kill you with his feet. So I love the pick for them at 52. Incredible value. Um, the 2-2 Atwell, didn't really like it. I understand where the Rams are coming from, where McVay's coming from, but the dude's 150 pounds, and he wasn't he wasn't Hollywood Brown effective in college. Like, let's just get that straight. Like, I just – I don't understand the value there. This is your This was their first pick in the draft and they go with 2-2 Atwell. I, I feel like they could have gone in a couple different spots, maybe with the guy right after uh, their pick, Nick Bolton. I think they could have gotten him. Yeah, Bolton, I think he would he would have fit that defense a little better than Atwell uh, fits the offense, but I mean, who am I? And Sean McVay apparently is a genius, so I'm not going to complain too much. But uh, yeah, Terrace Marshall, great pick for the Carolina Panthers. I love what they're doing for Sam. Uh, Josh Myers, good pick for Green Bay. Creed Humphrey, amazing pick for Kansas City. They saw what happened with their offensive line in the Super Bowl, and they're going after it. That offensive line is completely rebuilt. Got Orlando Brown, Creed Humphrey, um, who's the – they brought Kyle Long out of retirement. And then who's their right tackle? Uh, Oh, no, they signed um, Thune. Yeah, so they, they completely just revamped the offensive line. I love what they're doing for Pat Mahomes, unlike another team that desperately needs to change their offensive line for their star quarterback <clears throat> Seahawks. But, uh, <laughs> but no, I mean, I, I love what the chiefs did there. And uh, of course my boy, Kyle Trask, I love that he got into the second round. I think it's a good situation for him. He doesn't have to be forced to play right away. He's used to being a backup. So I don't think he'll complain too much, <laughs> especially behind Tom Brady um, and a super bowl winning team. So no, there's a lot of good picks out there and actually Aaron Banks. I'm happy you know, it's for my brand. I was a big fan of him. I was surprised to see him in the top 50 um, going to the Niners at 40, uh, 48. So no, there's a lot of good picks in the second round. Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. 
With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Third round kicked off with the Jaguars getting Andre Sisco, the safety out of Syracuse. A favorite of a lot of people around these parts just because Syracuse has a lot of Jets fans. So big pick there. Then number 66, one of the picks that the Vikings got in the trade down. They took Kellen Mond, the quarterback out of Texas A&M. Perhaps they're going to be grooming him behind Kirk Cousins. Davis Mills goes right after him to the Houston Texans. So perhaps they're looking at him as a developmental guy that could sit behind Tyrod Taylor if something were to happen with Deshaun Watson, whether it's a trade or something from the league office. Jalen Mayfield, the tackle for Michigan, love this value here for the Falcons at number 68. Joseph Asai, the edge rusher from Texas, goes to the Cincinnati Bengals. Hook'em, looking forward to seeing what he can do there. And by the way, I don't know if you're watching the broadcast, but way to go, Joseph Asai. His girlfriend is beautiful. Brady Christensen, the offensive tackle from BYU, he goes to the Panthers, so... As you were saying, Chris, and as you were saying, Clayton, even more help now for Sam Darnold. Guess what? All out of excuses. Adam Gase isn't there. He's got a better offensive line. He's got better playmakers. He's got better coaching. It's put up or shut up now for Sam Darnold. Giants made another pick that I really liked at number 71, Aaron Robinson, the cornerback out of UCF. And by the way, I know I'm not the only one that likes that. Andy Vasquez, who's a UCF grad, I'm sure, is a big fan of that pick. Alan McNeil, the defensive tackle from NC State, he goes 72 to the Lions. The Eagles grab Milton Williams, a defensive tackle out of Louisiana Tech at 73. Benjamin St. Juice, the cornerback out of Minnesota, goes number 74 to Washington. Cowboys get <laughs> Osa Odigazua, the defensive tackle from UCLA. New Orleans at number 76 gets a guy I really like, Paulson Adebo, the cornerback out of Stanford. He was one of my second-tier cornerbacks that I thought the Jets might be able to snag late day two or sometime on day three. They didn't have a pick in the third round, so it wasn't going to happen here. The Chargers get Josh Palmer, the wide receiver out of Tennessee at 77. At 78, the Vikings get Chaz Surratt, the linebacker out of North Carolina, converted quarterback. Malcolm Kuntz, the defensive end from Buffalo, goes to the Raiders with the first of two picks in a row. The second pick at number 80, they get Divine Diablo, the safety from Virginia Tech. Hunter Long, the tight end from Boston College, goes to the Dolphins. Washington gets a great pick at number 82. Dynami Brown, the wide receiver out of North Carolina. Boy, what a receiving core they are building there with Dynami Brown, Terry McLaren, and Curtis Samuel. If they could just get a quarterback there somehow between the offensive line improving, the weapons, and that defense turning into one of the best defenses in the conference, they have a lot of pieces in place. They just got to find themselves a quarterback. At number 83, the Panthers get Tommy Tremble, the tight end from Notre Dame. Chauncey Golston, defensive end out of Iowa, goes to the Cowboys at 84. The Packers finally get a weapon for Aaron Rodgers or Jordan Love if they trade Aaron Rodgers in Amari Rodgers. So one Rodgers may go, another one may come in. If Aaron Rodgers goes, it's because we now know that the Packers have a one Rodgers at a time rule. So Amari Rodgers, who is the son of T. Martin, the former national championship winning quarterback and coach, but he won his championship at Tennessee he was coaching at USC for a while He goes to the Green Bay Packers He was the favorite target 
of Trevor Lawrence at Clemson. The Vikings, with the other pick that they got from the Jets, get Wyatt Davis, the guard from Ohio State. Steelers get Kendrick Green. I know he was a favorite of myself, Clayton, and Luke Grant, but unfortunately, he is off the board. Steelers nabbed him at number 87, the guard out of Illinois. Trey Sermon, who I thought could be interesting if he made it to the fourth round. He didn't, the running back out of Ohio State. He goes to the 49ers. The Texans get Nico Collins, a wide receiver from Michigan at 89. Patrick Jones, the second. The edge rusher from Pittsburgh goes to the Vikings at number 90. At number 91, another move I love for the Cleveland Browns. They added some big-time speed here. Anthony Schwartz, the wide receiver out of Auburn, former guest of Play Like a Jet Live with Luke and Clayton, fastest man in the draft. A lot of comparisons to Robbie Anderson because he's very raw as a wide receiver but has just fantastic speed. Monty Rice, the linebacker from Georgia, goes at number 92 to the Tennessee Titans. At 93, the Bills get Spencer Brown, the offensive tackle from Northern Iowa. Ben Cleveland, who is like the Incredible Hulk, the guard from Georgia, he goes at 94 to the Ravens. The Buccaneers get Robert Hainsey, the guard from Notre Dame. New England, with their compensation pick that they got for Tom Brady, I'm not going to say that it was worth it for Tom Brady, but boy, did they make the most of this one. Ronnie Perkins, the edge rusher from Oklahoma, couldn't believe that he was still on the board here. Thought he could be an early second rounder. He slips all the way to 96. Trey McKitty, tight end from Georgia, goes at 97 to the Chargers. I was surprised to see him go this early. This was a traits pick because there wasn't a ton of production. He had a major injury his one year at Georgia after transferring from Florida State, but they decided that they liked his athletic profile, and so that's where they went here. Quinn Miners, who a lot of us liked as a potential pick for the Jets, the center from Wisconsin-Whitewater, who was one of the stars of Senior Bowl week. He goes to the Saints at 98. The Cowboys at 99 get Nishan Wright, the cornerback out of Oregon State. Elijah Molden, who I know that you really like, Clay, slot corner from the University of Washington. He goes to the Titans at pick number 100. The Lions picked a guy that we were all hoping would fall to the Jets. Ify Milifonwu, the cornerback out of Syracuse, he goes at 101 to the Lions. At number 102, the San Francisco 49ers get Ambry Thomas, the cornerback from Michigan. Ernest Jones, the linebacker from South Carolina, goes to the Rams at 103. The Ravens get Brandon Stevens, the cornerback from Southern Methodist, at 104. And the final pick of round number three, the Broncos get Baron Browning, the linebacker from Ohio State. So, Chris, what stood out to you here in round number three, positively and negatively? Well, the, the first, like, 10, 11 picks of the the round, I'm watching these names come off, and I'm like, eh, okay, this isn't too bad. There's nobody coming off that, like, I'm thinking should be going eye in the, for the Jets right there. Uh, but then then it came in, they started flying it. Um, I really love the Paulson Adebo pick by the Saints. I That's somebody that I, I thought the Jets would be targeting if they had kept those third-round picks. I re- really, really love him. I love the Josh Palmer pick for the Chargers, too. Uh, you know, he's at Tennessee, so he didn't get a lot uh, a lot to work with as a receiver there. But for him to go and slot in right with uh, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen I th- and Justin Herbert throwing him the ball, I think he's going to be a, a very nice weapon for them. So that, that was one. Uh, Dynami Brown. Going to that Washington football team with Terry McLaurin and and uh, now Curtis Samuel, that that's an absolute uh, track team of wide receiver group, just just absolutely phenomenal. Uh, Kendrick Green, the the Steelers went and snatched him up. It's another guy I thought uh, the Jets could have been trying to target in this round or a little bit later, <clears throat> but. Um, yeah, so that that was one guy, and then yeah, I, I liked Elijah Molden as well, and then right after him, uh, Ifiete um, Melifonu was another guy I really liked. The Lions got him. I like what the Lions are doing. It's it's interesting because I re I don't think I've ever liked this many teams drafts. Like it feels like I like almost every team's drafts except for like three teams. Like the Jags outside of Trevor Lawrence and like the Raiders and the, I'm sure there's somebody else. I, I but I really like so many of these teams' drafts. Yeah, and speaking of that, there's I'm going through this uh, through this third round. 
And two teams are standing out. I think the Panthers have done a really good job in this draft. Uh, I wanted them to go offense in the first round to help Sam, but they went with J.C. Horn, who I know you love, Scott, and I'm a huge fan of his as well. He was my first cornerback in this draft. And then the second round, we talked about it, went with Terrace Marshall, and then they go with uh, Brady Christensen in the third round. And I believe they had another third-round pick that I'm just missing. They had a um, Tommy Tommy Tremble, yeah, they got Tommy Tremble, and I think he's per- I think he's incredible for this offense. Uh, I mean, he has like similar traits to George Kittle when he came out. I don't want to say George Kittle now, but when George Kittle came out, he's a great blocker. He didn't really get the ball a lot at, at Notre Dame. He wasn't really known for his receiving. They had an incredible freshman tight end, uh, Michael Meyer. Uh, so he was more so the top target. But I like what Carolina is doing. And uh, also Denver, uh, George Patton, he's having a great first draft. Uh, I know he had – obviously he drafted um, Javante Williams. He got Quinn Miners in this, late in the third round, and he ended uh, the third round with Baron Browning. I think those are three really solid day two picks. Um, those those three really kind of really stood out. But as for, like, just individual picks in this round, um, there was obviously that little run of quarterbacks, three three quarterbacks and four picks, obviously starting with Kyle Trask in uh, at 64 and then Kelamond at 66 and Davis Mills at 67. I'm very curious to see what happens with uh, – with the Minnesota dynamic, like how is Kirk Cousins going to respond to this? Obviously, I don't think he's in any position to pull what Aaron Rodgers is trying to pull. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, it's, it's interesting because Kelmond is literally the anti-Kirk Cousins. So, I don't know what Minnesota is trying to do there. And then Davis Mills, with everything happening with uh, Deshaun Watson, is Davis Mills potentially their future? Or is he just an insurance policy? And if he's just an insurance policy, I think that's a terrible way to use your first pick in this draft. Uh, so, I mean, we'll see what happens there. Uh, Joseph Asai going uh, 69 to Cincinnati. I thought that was a great, uh, great value pick for them um, after going offense the first two picks. Aaron Robinson, you mentioned this guy. I think that's a good pick for the Giants. The Giants are just, having a really good draft. And I, I hate to say it, but they are. Uh, he went to UCF and obviously being from New Jersey and now I'm in Orlando, I have some kind of – I have a little bit to do with both of those, uh, both of those teams. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Uh, I also like the divine Diablo pick. Um, I kind of, I wanted him to fall to the fourth round for the jets as a potential option. He's that safety slash linebacker. They actually announced him as a linebacker, even though he played safety at Virginia tech. So he's going to fill that like will role that I expected him to play if he was drafted by the jets. So I I really like that at 80. Uh, yeah, you mentioned Diami Brown. Washington's really building something there. I'm, I'm very intrigued to see what what the next step is that they take in uh, 2021. But they need a quarterback, so who knows what's going to happen there. Kendrick Green at 87 going to the Steelers. He'll, he'll most likely play center, if I had to guess. Um, so, obviously, they have David DeCastro. And um, I, um, they drafted the fifth-round guard or fourth-round guard last year, and the name's just escaping me. Um, but he and he had a really good rookie year for a fourth, fifth round pick. So I expect Kendrick Green to replace Pouncey at center. Uh, Trey Sermon going to the Niners. I think that's going to be a solid pick there. Uh, he fits that scheme a little bit. Shanahan in that offense, obviously, it doesn't matter who you are. You're going to run for a ton of yards per carry <laughs> more often than not. Uh, my boy Anthony Schwartz. Uh, yeah, we just spoke to him on Wednesday. Great guy. Uh, going to Cleveland, he's going to go to a good spot. He's not going to be asked to play a ton right away. I don't think he'll probably be more of a gadget, uh, be used on jet sweeps, reverses, and all that kind of stuff because that blazing speed, you have to get it on the field at some point. Um, and then, yeah, guys like Ronnie Perkins, I can not believe he fell. Elijah Molden, I really wanted him to go to the Jets just to have that Elijah trifecta because um, I remember in, I think it was our second – episode of play like a jet live uh with you stadium we were kind of going over each guy that we liked at uh and day two and i mentioned after doing day one i said elijah Vera tucker that was my guy and then day two i got the uh elijah moore and then elijah molden i'm like wow yeah if your name's elijah i like you that's that's it like, <laughs> like i want you on the jets so i thought that would have been pretty cool to have three elijahs in one draft but um 
Yeah, him going to 100, I think that's good value for Tennessee, especially after getting rid of Malcolm Butler. And uh, who's the other corner that went to um, that went to the Giants? Adore if you guys Jackson. can help me out. Yeah, Adoree Jackson. Yeah, so getting another corner there, I think that would be helpful for them. And then, like I said, um, actually, there's two names that I actually have no idea who they are. Nashawn Wright and uh, Brandon Stevens. So good job, Dallas and Baltimore. Uh, you two are the first to actually pick a player. That I just have no idea who they are. Kevin Ostriker, who hosts Locked on Ravens and is the managing editor of Ravens Wire, says that he has it on good authority that a lot of teams were interested in Brandon Stevens. I'm with you, though, Clay. I don't really know much about him. So I guess these teams are higher on him than we were then again they get paid to do this so they have to know who all these guys are and they have to know who's still left on the board there's some interesting prospects that are still there Jabril Cox is probably the top guy on a lot of people's boards at least in the draft community the linebacker from LSU if the Jets have the opportunity to pick him at 107 it would be tempting they desperately need somebody who can bring what he has to the table at off-ball linebacker all they've got is CJ Mosley and Jared Davis and Jared Davis is a chronic underachiever CJ Mosley hasn't played in two years so they could really use somebody with his skill and youth will be interesting to see if they go there Michael Carter the running back from North Carolina also on the board he's a possibility Chris Rumpf the second the edge rusher from Duke there's another guy Tay Gowan the cornerback from UCF somebody that could be of interest to the Jets they definitely need a cornerback Trey Smith the guard from Tennessee Deontay Brown the guard from Alabama both of those guys huge men that could help fill voids on the offensive line for the Jets Sean Wade I don't know that they necessarily get him in round four but maybe a little bit later what a fall from grace a lot of people thought he could be a first round pick going into the season instead he struggled I think he probably ends up being either a slot or a safety at the NFL level but maybe somebody takes him and bets on the upside Brevin Jordan the tight end for Miami that's some value there Ramondre Stevenson the running back out of Oklahoma big guy could provide some value at the running back position if they don't get Michael Carter or Kenny Gainwell. Dylan Moses, the linebacker out of Alabama, high recruit out of high school, not the best college career, but still productive. So that's somebody that the Jets could look to. Trill Williams, the safety out of Syracuse. I don't know that they necessarily need to go safety, but he's a good player, local kid, and that might be somebody that's worth getting for them. Jalen Moore, the offensive guard out of Western Michigan. We know that the Jets just hired his former position coach, so he knows Jalen Moore very well. We'll be curious to see if they go out and get him. Ham Claire Rashid Jr. didn't do anything this year, but the year before he had a ton of sacks, so maybe he's worth a late-round flyer. Shaka Tony, the edge rusher from Penn State, another guy who is an interesting name. Cam McGrone, the inside linebacker from Michigan. He was hurt, but you heard Brett Coleman talk about him. He's somebody that could make a lot of sense if the Jets don't get Dylan Moses or Jabril Cox in round four. And then Greedy Williams' brother, Radarius Williams, the cornerback from Oklahoma, a very strong possibility for the Jets there, as we know. They do still need a cornerback, and I think there are other running backs that you could look at too. Kylan Hill, Khalil Herbert, another possibility. And then at the end of the draft, I would not be against the Jets picking either Evan McPherson, the kicker from Florida, or the kicker from Miami, Jose Borregales. So if they were to go and try and solve that kicker problem for the next 10 years with that final sixth round pick, I think it would be a wise move, same way that they did last year, the punter position going out and getting Braden Mann from Texas A&M. So we'll wait to see what happens tomorrow, at which point we will return to recap that day and we'll have much more coverage of what the Jets do because they've got a lot of picks coming up tomorrow. Two in the fourth, two in the fifth, two in the sixth. So a lot of action there for Joe Douglas. Chris Nimbley, the very big deal. The owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at JetsInsider.com. Make sure that you're checking out his very big deal work over there and following him on Twitter at CNimbley and at Jets Insider. Clayton Smarslock, his work is available at PlayLikeAJet.com and he's the co-host 
of Play Like a Jet live every Wednesday night at 7 o'clock with you, Stadium and Play Like a Jet. little crossover project that we have going. Make sure to check out Clayton's work that he just put up at playlikeajet.com on Elijah Moore. Really good article talking about the draft pick at number 34. That's there at this very moment. And if you haven't given us a five-star review on iTunes yet, if you could go ahead and do that for us, really appreciate it. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and playlikeajet.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.